Thank you, nursery department. And our next presentation is from the beginners, the beginning department, and that will be led by Mrs. Rathan Gray. Thank you, beginner. Thank you, beginner department. Uh, before we uh, receive the offering, I have a couple announcements to make. Uh, this coming Wednesday, we do not have our normal prayer meeting. It will be Christmas caroling, and that will begin six o'clock here at the church. Uh, also, it is uh, Embark, our Bible memorization program is starting next month, so registration is uh, due very soon. So please see Yvonne about registering your child for Embark. And next Sunday, next Sunday evening is our Christmas candlelight service. We have a musical cantata that evening. The place is lit with candlelight. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous evening. That will be next Sunday, 7 o'clock, the 22nd. 
And at this time, we will ask our ushers to come forward and we will enter into prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you um, for the ministry of this church. Lord, we thank you for the work that you are doing here. Lord, we thank you for the privilege we have to support that work and to honor and glorify you through offerings and tithes and gifts. Lord, we ask your blessing upon them this evening. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Preston for ministering to us in music tonight. I'm going to ask that we turn to hymn number number 106. That's Hark the Herald Angels Sing, hymn number 106, and I'm going to ask you to stand as we sing together.
Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, about four years ago, um, my wife and I wrote a play, and it was for our Sunday School Christmas musical. And at that time, it was very different from things that we were doing up to that point. And I, I know I was pretty nervous how that would be received. I really didn't know how it would go over. And uh, well, we're still here. We weren't asked to leave. And so that was, that was uh, four years ago. We called it a Christmas makeover. And uh, the gist of that play was, you know, the Christmas story is amazing and wonderful and awesome. And sometimes, as we hear it year after year, Sometimes it might lose its luster, and we can't let that happen. It's an incredible story of God's power and God's love for mankind. Um, the next year we did a, well, our music department did a musical for the Christmas program, and then the following year we, uh, we wrote another play, and we called it a Christmas sequel. It was a part two to the first one we did. And uh, the idea behind that play was just as Jesus came as a child to grow up to be a man, to live a perfect life, to die a death, and to rise again and return to heaven, uh, all that for us, just as he did that once, he is coming again a second time. There's going to be a part two of his return. And we as believers are very excited about that part two. And at the end of that play, uh, somebody yelled out from the congregation, I can't wait for part three. I never knew who that was until today. I found out who that was, and I'm looking out over the, uh, the group here, and I don't see that person to call him out. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Um, well, trilogies always kind of have a soft spot in my heart. And so uh, we do have uh, part three tonight. Um, so for those of you who have been enjoying these plays, good news, we have another one for you tonight. For those of you who have not been enjoying these plays, good news, there's only one more you got to sit through tonight. So without any further delay, uh, the final chapter in the Christmas Makeover Trilogy a Christmas prequel in the beginning. Hi, boys and girls. Are you excited about the Sunday School Christmas program this year? It's a wonderful way for you to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So I hope that each of you have been learning your lines. In a moment, we're going to start our dress rehearsal. But before we do that tonight, I'd like each of you to look over your lines one more time. Hey, Ruthann, what part did you get this year? I got the role of the innkeeper. A girl innkeeper? What's up with that? What part did you get? I'm a shepherd again. I always get stuck being a shepherd or a wise man. Hey, John, what did you get? I'm a shepherd, too. That's the best part. Those guys got to be outside the whole day. Can you imagine a job when you're outside in the woods all day long? That would be the best. That's what I want to do when I grow up. Just me and the animals out in the great outdoors. Good luck finding a job like that, John. Hey, Brian, what are you doing in the play? I'm Joseph, and let's look on the bright side. At least we don't have speaking parts. Yeah, I understand the Christmas story is important and everything, but sometimes I wish that we can do something different. 
My dad says he's working on a play about a giant computer that comes and hangs out with kids and has two floppy disks as friends. The one named Flip and the other Flop. What do you think of that? Floppy disks named Flip and Flop? Brian, if we did that play, we'd be hearing about it for the rest of our lives. I think we ought to do a play about King David, but Pastor Reed could be Goliath. <laughs> Whoever could be David could take down Pastor Reed. Wouldn't that be awesome? I don't know. I just keep thinking about the Christmas story. It seems as though Jesus just shows up out of the blue. With an event as important as a Savior's birth, wouldn't a backstory be interesting? What's a backstory? You know, the story behind the story. How everything began. Like when Bruce Wayne becomes Batman, or how a cute little boy named Anakin becomes Darth Vader. A backstory. I thought that was called a prequel. Okay, boys and girls. I think that's enough time for you to look over your lines. And so we are going to get started with our practice. Yes, Eric. Mr. Ralph, when the angel told the shepherds that a savior was born, how did the shepherds even know what he was talking about? Were they expecting a savior? Well, that's a good question. Yes, the shepherds and all Israelites, they were waiting for a savior. And the Israelites were promised a Messiah a long time ago. How do you know that? Well, in the Bible's Old Testament, it tells us about that wonderful promise. Really? So the Old Testament told us that a little baby would be born, and his parents would have to travel to Bethlehem, and he would be born in a manger because they wouldn't let him in an inn. And there would be the star, and wise men would eventually come and bring him really cool gifts. Not to mention a terrifying visit from a bunch of angels. Eric, Eric, the Old Testament didn't tell us everything about Jesus' birth, but it did. Let's do a play about that. Eric, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but... Mr. Ralph, it would be perfect. We could talk about these Old Testament stories, and we could get characters, and maybe even grown-ups from the church. Eric, we need to get back to our program. Ooh, ooh, what about props? Do you think we can get a truckload of sand in here? It would be pretty tricky, but I bet my dad could figure it out. And then maybe we could do some animals. Eric, Mr. Herb, it's time for you to pipe down. Maybe when you become Sunday School's superintendent, then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> but for today, this is the program that we are doing. When I'm Sunday School superintendent? Okay, everyone, to your spot. How was Christmas program practice tonight? Dad, Mom, you'll never guess what Mr. Ralph said to me. What did he tell you, Eric? He said I was going to become Sunday school superintendent someday. No, he didn't, Eric. Yahoo. 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 Alright, you two. Mr. Ralph didn't say you would become Sunday school superintendent. 
He said if you become superintendent, you can decide to do your own play. That's because Eric was causing <coughs> problems during the practice. Nuh-uh. Yeah, huh? Nuh-uh. Yeah. So, you want to become Sunday school superintendent? You know you come from a long line of superintendents. Your grandmother had that role a long time ago, and even I served in that position once. You were Sunday school superintendent? Why aren't you anymore? Well, I was superintendent for one year. Mr. Ralph became the superintendent the next year. Weren't you the youth group president too, Dad? Yes, I was. But I thought Mr. Ralph was the president when you went to youth group. Yes, Eric. Mr. Ralph took the youth group president position away from me too, okay? Wow! Mr. Ralph is the man! Okay, okay. Let's get back to this comment Mr. Ralph made to you, Eric. Do you like the idea of becoming Sunday school superintendent someday? Yeah, what a great job. And he said I could do whatever I wanted for the Christmas program. I have some great ideas. Well, as much as we would like to hear about those ideas, it is getting past your bedtime. It'll have to wait for another day. All right, everyone, off to bed. Well, my fine-looking young man, I am you from the future. You are me from the future? That's what I'm going to look like? <laughs> yeah, sorry I'm not better looking, kid, but wait till you see Steve when he grows up. <laughs> We're actually not doing too bad. <laughs> How is this happening? It's Christmas time. Magical events are always happening this time of year. Don't you watch Netflix? <laughs> What's Netflix? Oh, never mind. You're not missing much. Wait, if you're me from the future, that means, do I marry Ruthann? <laughs> she dodges that bullet. <laughs> you actually con a girl from another state. and. I gotta be careful how much I tell you about the future. I can't tell you too much. Okay. How about just one itty bitty question? What am I gonna be when I grow up? A rap star? Nope. Police man? Nuh uh. Pilot? No. Farmer? I'm sorry. School teacher? Nada. Mechanic? No. Am I working for her sheet metal? <laughs> okay. 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 New subject. Don't you want to know why I'm here? I guess. Remember what Mr. Ralph said at practice tonight about being the Sunday school superintendent? Yes. Well, it actually happens. You eventually get to serve the Lord by being the Sunday school superintendent. So I can do a Christmas play about anything I want? Well, you can't do anything you want. You have to stick to the Bible. But you get to help decide. I thought it would be cool if we could explore Jesus' backstory. You know what happened before he came to Earth. Mr. Ralph said the angels were waiting for him to be born. So you're looking to do a prequel to the Christmas story. You know, Jesus is revealed all the way back at the Garden of Eden. Jesus was promised at the beginning of time. Really? Oh, yes. In fact, why don't we go back to that time and take a look? Time travel. Unlikely. You're talking to yourself from 35 years in the future. You think a little trip to the dawn of time is going to be a problem? Let's go.
Okay, looks like we got here at the right moment. Now remember, Adam and Eve chose to disobey God by eating the forbidden fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because of this decision, sin entered the world. But Satan also had a part in this. That's what the serpent looked like? Pretty lame. Look, when you become Sunday school superintendent, you're going to learn about limited budgets. <laughs> now listen, God's about to speak. Adam, have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The woman who you, whom you gave to me, she gave me fruit, and I ate. What is this that you have done? The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Wow, everyone was passing the buck that day. Did you catch a part about Eve's offspring bruising the serpent's head? That's a prophecy about the Messiah. With Satan's help, mankind lost a good relationship with God. But God's promising that a savior is on the way. This is so cool. We see Jesus all the way back in the third chapter of the Bible. That's right. Next stop, the most famous prophet of the Old Testament. So, where are we now? And who are all those kids? Oh, that's easy. They are the children of Israel, of course. <laughs> that's really corny. Do you embarrass your children in the future? Oh, all the time. <laughs> it's the best. You're going to love doing it someday. Now, do you see that man over there? Who do you think he is? Judging by the beard, I'd either say Moses or a young skinny Santa Claus. It's Christmas time, so I get why you're thinking about Santa. But do you know that Moses makes a prophecy about the Christ? What? I never think of Moses at Christmas time. Yes. Um, in Deuteronomy, Moses is giving God's final instructions to the Israelites before they enter the Promised Land. But within those instructions is another glimmer of the Messiah. Listen. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. And the Lord said to me, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. So God told Moses that there's going to be another prophet like him, and that other prophet was Jesus? Jesus had many roles and jobs to accomplish. At Christmas time, we think about him coming to earth to be a sacrifice for his people. But Jesus was more than a sacrifice. He was the ultimate prophet. Jesus spoke the words of God just like Moses did. Let's get this straight. I thought the Old Testament spelled out why Jesus was coming. So far, all that you have shown me is some confusing prophecy on stepping on a snake's head and that Jesus is going to be like Moses. There's got to be more than that. It's a good question. And that takes us to our next stop, King David.
Civilization! I'm hungry. Is this food free? No. We're in Jerusalem, around 1000 BC. We're looking for... Wait a minute. Is that who I think it is? Excuse me, can you tell me the name of that person over there? You aren't from around here, are you? What was your first clue? The Abigail of Carmel, Queen of Jerusalem, wife of King David himself. Her name is Abigail? This is too weird. Do you think maybe I could approach her? If you want to take the chance talking to a queen in the ancient Middle East, good luck. Uh, many apologies, Your Majesty, but you look exactly like someone I know from my time. I mean, from my land. Okay, sorry this is getting so weird, Your Majesty, but we are actually looking for King David. Yes, my husband is very busy ruling the kingdom. Can I help you with something? We're studying prophecies about the Messiah. Oh, King David has written lots of psalms. He's always working on a new psalm. Many of them are sent from God. Did God ever tell David what the Messiah was going to do? He sure has. One of my favorites is that the Messiah will be the king of Israel, and this king that is actually the son of God. Psalm 2 reads, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. So we knew that the Messiah was going to be a king and the Son of God long before he was born? That's right, Eric. It's all there. My husband is a very talented guy, but I like to dabble in poetry as well. Really? Can we hear something? Well, that's the thing. I'm struggling a bit with my style. It just doesn't seem to fit quite right. You know, maybe you're a street poet. Here, try something like this. Check it out, before iTunes and email, there's a pretty cool chick named Abigail. We got two meters going back in time. Abigail, please hit us with a funky rap. I live with my husband in a carmel land. This guy was rich, but not a really good man. He looked off to David, not real wise. So David head over there with his guys. They fully intended to make him pay, but God gave me wisdom to save the day. David's revenge I successfully blocked. But ten days later, hubby died of shock. But don't worry, guys, it's a major win. David's so impressed, that's made to marry him. It's easy to see, David saw you're a prize. The Bible recalled you were very wise. Down through the ages, you are very cool. Your story's still told in Sunday school. Now we got a minute going back in time. I was wondering you got something that was on your mind. I want to start right off the day and say there just ain't no other way. But yeah, wait. Hold on there, girl. Gotta stop the flow. But you just used a name I didn't know. It's a Hebrew name. My lord and king, he's just the focus on my everything so god take my skills oh lord and please shape them take those wrong ideas just break them impressive friend you go the extra mile in my time we call that jesus style whoa 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 well man what's up she just started flowing right in a row sometimes life is great sometimes not so hot you're at your a game other times you're not we all got parts of a house that are crumbling those signs were bumbling, we're just stumbling. But God has a reason for these seasons after storms in the shower. There's spots of flower, and it's not all about me. Others have needs. If we looked around, what a change we could be. I want to be a mirror and reflect God's face. I want to get others back into the race. Inertia rising, pushing me forward. I keep marching away just like a foot soldier. The fronting can't do this on my own. My strength come from my source, my source alone. Living for God, I have no remorse. Yahweh, the Lord, is my power source. That was flag, girl. I think you're on to something. Abigail, it was very nice to meet you. The Bible didn't tell us about this part of your talents. But we got to get going. We still have one more person we need to meet. Keep it smooth, sister.
So who is this guy? I'm Isaiah, the son of Amos, the prophet of God. Friends, what brings you here? We are searching for prophecies about the Messiah. Oh, God gave me much to say about him. Excuse me, sir. I get that the Messiah was predicted, but did anyone know why he was coming? Excellent question. I have my pupils with me. Students, can you help answer this young man? The Messiah is actually God himself. Isaiah spoke in chapter 7. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. In Hebrew, the name Emmanuel means God is with us. Isaiah also says in chapter 9, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Messiah is the Son of God. The Messiah is going to be the mighty and final ruler of his people. He is going to rescue them from their oppressors and establish a peaceful kingdom. Isaiah says in chapter 9, The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and the righteousness for his time forth and forevermore. The Messiah is the King of Kings. The Messiah is going to heal his people from their sins. He is the great Savior, the great sacrifice for sin. The Redeemer came to give his life in exchange for ours. Isaiah says in chapter 53, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, submitted by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Messiah is our Savior from sin. You see, God had a plan all along. When mankind lost their relationship with the Father, a Savior would need to bring humanity back to God. The Son of God had to become human, live a perfect life, and offer himself up as the ultimate sacrifice for our sins when he died on the cross. When we accept his forgiveness, we join his kingdom. This kingdom was future to me and is still future to all of you. But rest assured, he is coming back. And when he does, his children will reign with him forever. You see, everything fits together perfectly. This is God's plan of salvation. So this is what everybody was waiting for. God needed someone to come and fix everything. It finally makes sense. Thanks, future me, and you too, Isaiah. Now it's about time we get you two back to the future. Farewell, my friends. So, future Eric, there's a lot going on here. First, you have the Christmas story and how awesome it is. And after Jesus came the first time, 
He's definitely coming the second time. And then you have the beginning of the story, why everything had to happen in the first place. How do you fit all of this into just one Christmas play? How about a trilogy? That's it. Hello, Mr. Ralph? No, no, everything's okay. Yes, I know it's two o'clock in the morning, but this couldn't wait. Do I have an idea for you? I'd like to thank you all again for coming out tonight. I, I hope this was fun, uh, but more importantly than that, I, I hope you kind of walk away with, with really three, three ideas. One, um, our God is sovereign, and that is a fancy word to mean he is in full control. He calls himself the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning, and he's the end, and he has complete authority over all events. And uh, two, because God is sovereign, he is worthy of our worship. Um, he is worthy of our dedication, of our commitment, and not just because of his sovereignty, we serve a great God, an all-powerful, an all-knowing, and an all-loving God. And that brings me to point three. Because our God is a loving God, he has provided a way to solve our sin problem. We have a damaged relationship with God, and that is fixed by what he did uh, through his son on the cross. Jesus dying for our sins to provide a way for forgiveness. When we receive that forgiveness, we enter into his family. We enter into this uh, future kingdom that we look so much forward to. I hope you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior this Christmas. Um, I hope you know him. Christmas doesn't really make sense without him. And I hope, um, I hope you know him. And I hope this season, this Christmas, is a blessed one for you this year. I'm going to ask our cast to come out now. We uh, are going to sing the first stanza of Joy to the World. Our little ones already sang it uh, once for you tonight, but it's a great hymn. And we're going to Singing again, I'm going to ask that you join with us on stanzas two, three, and four, your hymnals underneath your pews. It's page 120, Joy to the World, hymn number 120. We're going to sing the first stanza and then join with us on stanzas two and three. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let
Would you join me in thanking the cast of tonight's play one more time? I want to thank Eric Herb for writing this play in the past three that we've been able to enjoy, and the children for all of their hard work. And as he said in the beginning, there are many, many people involved in putting this together and the hours that went into it. And the bottom line is that we want each and every one of you to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the message that these children have worked so hard to communicate tonight, that he is the promised Messiah. And if you put your faith and trust in him, you can know eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. And that is the hope we cling to and the reason why we celebrate this Christmas season. And we hope you have a wonderful and Merry Christmas. And uh, will join us again next Sunday night for our cantata candlelight service. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this glorious message that not only do we get to celebrate this season with family and friends and enjoy the decorations and all the different traditions that come along with Christmas, but ultimately, Lord, we get to focus on the heart of this season, and that is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man, the one who was promised from times past in the scriptures to be that Messiah, the one who would save us from our sins. And so, God, I pray that each and every one gathered here tonight would understand and believe that message and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the work of these children and everyone involved in tonight. And uh, Lord, may you bless our time going forward, and may you just um, make it clear uh, that Jesus is the reason for this season. We thank you for tonight, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, and good night. Merry Christmas.